can't believe that you haven't seen it Love it so much you really gotta stream it Let me tell you every line right now I can quote the whole thing since I was 12 Maybe your mom told you no She said she wouldn't give you any money to go And that's why Movies we missed Hey, hey, hey Welcome back to Movies We Missed. I am Brandon Greenhouse, and I'm here with my lovely co-hosts, live and in person for now, Jane Blackburn, Aloysius Hammer. And um, yeah, this is our podcast. I'll say the name again, Movies We Missed. Write that down. Yeah, write it down. Jot it down in that notepad you keep next to you. In case you don't know what you're currently listening to. Yeah, you're probably in that little gossip chair you have right by the door for when you get telephone calls from your best friend about what happened at the last PTA meeting. Peggy? Yeah, of course, if this is 1981. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. How are you doing today, Jane? I'm good. This is so weird. I have to say, this is really weird. We're recording in person for the first time ever. Yeah, we've never recorded in person before. Jane and I have never actually met. Uh, well, that's a bold-faced lie. We have met, but this is the first time that we've actually been sitting in the same room talking about the movie, and this is just very strange. We're, like, making full eye contact, sharing a cocktail. It's beautiful. I mean, we're, we're both are having a cocktail at the same time. We, we're not sharing one, like, communal cocktail. <laughs> no, this isn't, like, a scorpion bowl. <laughs> we aren't, like, 22. <laughs> Ugh, I always hate in restaurants when people order those at, like, razoos. I always hate, like, what? the excitement from the table as they bring over, like, the Petri dish. <laughs> of like germs but also what is what is a razoos is that a restaurant chain that I don't know I forget about? I'm from Texas it's a very okay. popular uh, Cajun inspired restaurant chain they mm. have delicious stuff though like and like really good andouille like really delicious alligator tail mm-hmm. it tastes like chicken I've had alligator before. It's really good. I had it in Montgomery, Alabama. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Flex yeah. for him, girl. <laughs> I don't want to brag, but I travel. And yeah. I had it, and it was good. It was Absolutely. fried. It was, like, chewy. Yeah, it was good, sure. though. I really enjoyed it. Um. So, yeah, we are here. We're in person. <laughs> We're really excited. We are talking about the movie. I gave the movie um, to Janie Jane to watch this week. It is none other than 1992's. I guess, uh, prehistoric opus in Sino Man. <laughs> I think it's the only one. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely like envelope pushing at the time. Mm. Um, we had a uh, film debut, I think, of Polly Shore. Um, was this his film debut? I know this was Brendan Fraser's first big film, but I didn't realize it was Polly Shore's film Yeah, I debut. think this was like, I mean, this was obviously he had the Polly Shore show on MTV. Okay. Um, and he'd also, that was his claim to fame. He'd been like a VJ on MTV from like, I think from like 1989 to 94, I want to say. He was a MTV VJ. He did okay. the whole spring break thing that they did, that whole fantasy. He would be out there on the beach, you know, he'd have his own show. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he also had like a 90 minute show on MTV that was like. 90 sort of, minutes? Yeah, right? It was like what his was talk the show. show. It was a talk show? Yeah, it was like a talk show. He'd have guests on and stuff and play music videos and things like that. Um, but I mean, he'd had, he'd had bit parts. Like he'd been in like television movies and things like that. And he'd maybe even had a couple of smaller parts in like, you know, music videos. He'd released comedy albums and things like that. You know, he he was he appeared in an episode of St. Elsewhere, uh, Married with Children. He was in an episode in 89. So he'd done stuff. But this was like really like a big moment that's sort of like set up like a star turn for him 
And I mean, he's a big deal in my household. My wife, Tara's a huge Polish four fan. That checks out. And it definitely checks out. We <laughs> because she's really into intellectual comedy and this is sort of the, you know This is peak. Yeah. This is the apotheosis, is, so yeah, to speak. Exactly. This is you know, Polly Shore is a thinker and his comedy reflects He's the that. thinking man's comic. Exactly. You know, there's um I don't know. George Carlin. George Carlin. He sometimes gets petty. Yeah. There's always Ben Stein as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're not trying to win his money, you know? He's Was winning he a stand-up? Ben Stein? Maybe not. Maybe just like a really effective um, talk <laughs> character show host. And yeah. Character sort of like. He, yeah. Well, Polly Shore comes from, his mom is Mitzi, Mitzi Shore. Shore. Yeah, that's right. And she started the comedy store. So he Absolutely. is like, he grew up around like comedy. He grew up around like Hollywood yeah. royalty. Like he was a stand-up comedy. He started doing stand-up comedy at like 17 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was mentored by like Sam Kinison. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't, to be honest, like, I, I don't want to speak ill of the dead, but I never really understood Sam Kennison because I felt like his comedy was just like a lot of yelling and sweating. It was very much a product of that time. Yeah. I will say that. I mean, I feel like there are other people that, like Sam Kennison walks so Bobcat Goldthwait could walk faster, mm. you know? <laughs> so. Um, Tara also loves Bobcat. He's too. great. Yeah, he's, he's great. fantastic. Got he's got voice. a very distinctive voice. Absolutely. We love that. But um, yeah, Polly Shore is great. We watched um biodome at the beginning of the pandemic and i was like i hadn't seen that since i was a kid have you seen biodome i if i did it was a long time ago okay okay tara's really pushing for it to be our next movie i I put the kibosh on that because i just watched it recently and i don't honestly don't want to watch it again (laughs) (laughs) although it was a good time i just like i it's not the kind of movie you had your film yeah i've i've done what i've done also we don't we don't need to be doing poly on poly no this isn't a poly shore podcast yeah and if it was we'd have 10 episodes (laughs) actually i mean looking through his imdb he has done a lot yeah yeah no he has and i mean this is a really um this was a this was a movie that stuck with me from my childhood, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, it's Polly Shore, you know. But obviously, there's also Brendan Fraser. And Brendan Fraser, who I like, didn't realize how much affection I had for him until recently. Yeah, he's um he's he's yeah. I always feel sort of like endeared me to Brendan too. Fraser. He just yeah. seems like a sweetie peety. I agree. I don't know if he really is. I don't know anything about him in person, but he just seems very nice and like I don't know. He always brings a lot of heart to his characters. Yeah, and I did like. Well, we'll get to this, but we'll, we'll we'll talk about his, you know, his performance in this movie. But do you want to give your synopsis? Yeah, I'll give the, yeah, everybody perk up. I'm going to go ahead and give you guys mm-hmm. a little bit of a um, synopsis, <laughs> so to speak. Um, let me get ready. <clears throat> okay. It's Rudy and the Weasel, chilling with the Cro-Magnon Don Juan. When crusty high school misfits Stoney and Dave stumble upon an entombed Iceman in Dave's Encino, California backyard while digging an ill-conceived pool, things can't help but go awry. They began with the process of acclimating the Iceman they affectionately named Link into 1990s California life by giving him a thorough scrub down, some righteous fits, and catching him up on the current lingo. 
Dave and Stoney managed to inexplicably and with literally zero pushback enroll him into their gnarly high school by passing him off as an Estonian foreign exchange student. They worry about whether Link will be accepted by the other students or another outcast to be added to their duo of doofus. Spoiler alert, he's a greasy hit. But will his burgeoning popularity prove potent enough to bolster Dave and Stoney's ascent to high school royalty status? Will Link help Dave nab Robin Sweeney, the most bitchin' Betty in school? Or will Robin fall for Link the Iceman, breaking Dave's heart in the process? The real question is, will any of this matter since prom's literally next week? Well, anyone who's graduated from high school knows the answer to that question, but let's watch the pieces fall where they may in Encino Man. <laughs> Buddy. 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 I don't, I like, I lose it. I'm not very good at it. Hey, buddy. Is that good? Hey, buddy. Buddy. Was that good? Was that, was, that was good. Thank you. You were just... Well, you it. might as well have had a gun to me. Like, <laughs> I you needed your affirmation. Times and you your, wouldn't give it to well, me. Well, your eyes were getting more and more crazed. <laughs> was it good? Was it good? Did you like... So, yeah, I... Um, yeah, well... I, I do actually... Okay, so I do want to note something. Dave and I were in a little... Not Dave, the character played by Sean Astin mm-hmm. in the movie, but Dave, my husband. Um, <laughs> Flex. Yeah, right. I, I pinned him down. Um, but we were having a conversation. Dave said that he thought that the timeline of the movie was over the course of the entire school year. Okay, that's not true. But I was surprised to hear you say in your synopsis that it happened over a week because I don't think that's true either. How long do you think? But I thought I got the impression that they were that they were. But I got the impression that they were in the maybe at least the middle of the school year. Yes, I think it was the definitely the middle school year. It was I not the first day of school. I didn't feel like it was months that went by though. No, no, no. It was like maybe a month. Maybe a month. Maybe okay. a month. That was the understanding that I got. But I do want it. It definitely was much longer than a week and much shorter than an entire. Yeah, school it wasn't year. a whole school year. Yeah, because and you can also tell that because I feel like it takes until like the very end of the movie before Robin even has like a moment alone with Link to be like, mm-hmm. ooh, I like him and I'm gonna like make this happen. Like, I'm gonna... Yeah, like, because she's with that other guy yeah, and for I sure. feel like that doesn't happen within yeah. one week. No. But... Okay. Do you think I need to re-record it or do you think we're good? No, no, no. I think it's fine. It's fine. Okay, yeah, 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 it's fine. I think that's an interesting conversation. Okay, well, so we hope. we're having that conversation where you knew when we agreed to do this podcast it was going to be deep thought-provoking um probing moments like this Mm. where we really Mm. break apart um these sort of um cinematic love letters and And, uh, we are we're doing the work that i think a lot of people are afraid to do and we're asking the questions about poly shore movies that people are honestly cowering in their little seats about and we are sitting here bringing up I think important points that that weren't discussed in 1992 I'll tell you that I was outside earlier and a woman walked by I didn't know her but Uh I screamed Encino man (laughs) and she looked so confused and scared and she kept walking and I just thought exhibit A you know (laughs) absolutely more evidence of the fact that people aren't ready to talk about it Mm -hmm. and are ill equipped so and 
and shy away from it. And I think that that's true. And I don't think it's the fact that a very large man was screaming at her on the street and she didn't know what to do. I think it was that she wasn't willing to have the conversations about Encino Man that we are. All I heard was very large. Well, uh, I meant how dare you. <laughs> I mean, you. muscly and tall. Okay. That's what you are, and you know you are. And you're just getting me to say it <sighs> on the radio. Here we go. Is this the radio? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was going to give it to you, but you get so few wins. <laughs> I um, wish you guys could have seen the face that Brandon just gave me. I was just surprised when you hear misinformation like that. It's like <laughs> flashback to the election. She's <laughs> like, oh, where'd you hear that? <laughs> Fake news. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, so Jane, I'm sure you have some stuff that you want to sort of bring to the floor. Mm. Um, inquiries, mm. maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm all ears. I'm ready to hear you out. But actually, you know what? Actually, I did want to talk about we. One of the really fun things about sort of like doing this mm-hmm. episode was looking into Polly Shore. Mm-hmm. He is such a like fascinating character, and he is such a um, I don't know what's the right word. He's like a what I want to say, and I know this isn't correct phrasing, but like cultural linchpin for like he is though but that, he is I was, like I was literally going to say like I wanted to say cultural icon I knew icon was too big so I think linchpin is where we're at yeah like he's like a he's very much Although like a every, I don't know I don't know if icon's wrong every single person knows who Polly Shore is he's, he's, a, he's like a guidepost almost yeah. like as you're going through like if you're thinking about like uh, pop culture and cinema mm-hmm. um, during like the early 90s like you can't really have that conversation without including Polly Shore mm-hmm. and I think that one of the things that's that struck me while watching the movie was like sort of like his him having his finger on like the pulse of like a generation mm-hmm. and like really sort of like being one of um one of I guess like the harbingers of like of like young adult and like teen culture during that period. And I think he also had like a really lasting sort of like impact on like mm-hmm. where we went as, as a culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually, I, I found this little blurb I was going to read. It's from uh, yeah. an article, a Spokane Chronicle from June 24th, 1991. Read it, sis. Um, and I just thought it was really, f- I thought it was really interesting. Um, yeah. So I'll just read it. It's by Jim Sullivan, uh, Boston Globe. If you're still out there, you know, shout out Janie. Boston Globe, my Bo- hometown, baby. Boston. That's the newspaper. Please stand up if you're still there and you're still, you know, kicking. Then what's up, Jim Sullivan? And if not, then my condolences to your family. Um, <laughs> you were a light mm. that was dimmed too soon. Mm. Um, mm. And I know you lived your life also like a candle in a wind. I can only imagine mm-hmm. with a name like Jim. Um, so thank you for everything you did for the community and thank you for standing up against injustice. Okay. Read the fucking article. Okay. Um, <laughs> he calls himself the weasel. He's 21 and he's a rising star of stand up comedy. He's got an album out called the future of America and a hit video called Lisa, Lisa, the one I adore. Unless you're in high school or college, or unless you spend a good chunk of your afternoon glued to MTV, you probably don't have a clue as to what he's all about or what those words that come tumbling out of his mouth mean. Nouns like cones, fatty, and melon. Translation, breasts, joint, and head. Verbs like edged, grinding, and sponging. Angered, eating, and living off your folks. A fully formed thought might run like this. 
I'm fully into grinding some major chow that your madre prepared, you trolley little weasel. Polly Shore, entertaining and annoying, dopey and clever, is the Cheech and Chong of his generation. This is a quote from Polly Shore. The older people, I know you're getting a little edgy right now, says Shore of his album. But you better get into me because I don't want to burn you out. But I'm the future of America. It's kind of stony, huh? Is that creepy, man? What's it going to be like in 30, 40, 50 years? It'll be like, sir, you can take your driving test in Spanish, English, or dude. Well, I'll take it in dude, dude. That's the only thing I know. <laughs> and that's probably short. And I thought that was pretty wonderful. And he also talks in the, he talks a little bit about, you know, um, being inspired by Sam Kinison, growing up mm-hmm. with Sam Kinison and like uh, Robin Williams as comedians. And he also talks about that being a big part of the reason why he doesn't, he actually doesn't, um, do drugs or at this point he spoke about not actually doing drugs because that was a big part of his act on yeah. stage um, was him um, smoking weed and stuff and he talks about fans coming up to him and offering him you know weed all the time and how he doesn't take them up on it because it's not his bag but a big part of why it's not his bag is because he has seen like the results um, through yeah. being in that scene and growing up you know with a mother who ran one of the you know most prolific comedy clubs in the US mm-hmm. like the you know the ramifications of some of you you know, those things being taken to the extreme. Totally. So, yeah. So I just thought that was really interesting that it is very much a part of a persona yeah. that he created. And, and I mean, truthfully, I mean, I grew up on the other side of the country. It's a very California dude type of way. So like, and again, this is probably a little older than us. I was, you know, in like second grade when this movie came out. So like, I didn't know anyone who really talked like this, but like, I guess as I got older, too, like, I kind of wrote off Polly Shore as being, like, For sure. a, a bit of, like, a clown, you know yeah. what I mean? You're like, oh, you know, who the fuck is Polly Shore? He's just kind of, like, a weirdo stoner dude, but yeah. I didn't really know that much about him, and I, it's, like, it's interesting to hear, like, how thoughtful I think he probably was about his comedy, and, and watching this movie now, I actually genuinely laughed a lot like oh I did too I wasn't like I was like some of his line deliveries were so fucking funny well yeah well that's one of the things too was that they talk about he actually improv majority of his dialogue I saw that yeah Yeah, because he like auditioned for I think Link Mm -hmm. and then he didn't they didn't want him for Link but they wrote the part of Stoney for him which was like smart on their part yeah I mean yeah this would I think this would be a little bit limp if like it was like a little if it fell too far as you know the storyline of just sort of like he definitely rounds it out He's, I just I don't know what this movie would be like without yeah, Polly if Shore. it was just sort of about Dave's like quest for like you know spoiler Dave is not likable no so. at all um, <laughs> and so yeah he really does bring like a balance and sort of a full circle moment mm-hmm. to this movie that's really great um the, the, idea, what was the going, reception. The reception of yeah. it and like what was sort of in the air around the time that it came out. Mm-hmm. Like, although I will note that this movie was made for seven million and it grossed forty-seven million at the box office. So it was considered a, a hit. Yeah. You know, and the other thing that, you know, many people noted that the movie benefited from was coming out um three months after Wayne's World, which was a huge success. And uh, so, yeah, and so that kind of comedy was something that people were looking for. Yeah, and this movie had to have already been in the works to have come out that soon after, so it's of not course, like they yeah. made it because of that, but having that movie come out so soon, and also it'd be another movie starring, like, 
two people that were television, you know, known for their TV work. I mean, similarly with Polly Shore in this movie, obviously Sean Astin had had huge success with things like The Goonies as a child star, but right. I mean, Polly Shore was largely known from, the MT- from MTV. Like, but you were saying Sean Astin had TV. Work? No, I was saying okay. like I was saying kind of in the same vein of like Dana Carvey and Mike Myers, right. obviously bringing their television characters. Polly Shore has this sort of character that, in a way, is well, sort right. of every character that he plays mm-hmm. to a certain degree. Quali- the, the similar qualities totally. and I think that definitely in creating this they were sort of attempting to translate the success that he'd had um, on MTV mm-hmm. to like a wider and broader audience mm-hmm. and I think that yeah it was sort of like a part of that moment in culture where there was sort of the realization that like oh like movies not necessarily children's movies and not necessarily movies geared towards adults these movies are sort of specifically geared towards like a teen crowd and there's money to be made I think it was a part of that swing of these movies and within a couple years we had things like Airheads and uh, and, uh, Slackers Mm -hmm. Empire Records obviously Clueless I think teens and like college students for sure no absolutely you're right Um, and so yeah so all of that so I just wanted to sort of you know have that little bit of a, a I guess a celebration of um, you know Polly Shore before we um before we tear him apart I'm not gonna tear him apart no, I, no, no, no 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 we're not gonna do that I I, I, had, I had a lot of fun watching this movie mm-hmm. and like I can't even tell you how excited Tara was that this was our movie this week that's so funny because she really is a huge Polly Shore fan that's awesome in a way that I don't think I truly understood um and I always kind of wrote Polly Shore off too because I think that I did this thing that my I like when I was younger what my parents said about something I believed to always be true for sure and I I mean I put a lot of weight in what my parents think is funny because I think my parents are really funny. Mm-hmm. And so, and that was like, certainly like my training in comedy when I was younger, my parents showing me certain things and then saying certain things about comics like Polly Shore or whatever, being like, oh, he's so silly, like totally not my bag or whatever. I'm sure they did not use any of those words. It's probably like that idiot. No, thank you. I don't want to see that movie. So stupid. <laughs> Although I will say that my mom has like it has the same thing that I do where we just like really love like stupid movies that are actually like they're not stupid movies but we in our house we call them stupid movies but they're actually so stupid that they're like like it's like this movie is so stupid and the premise is so ridiculous that it sort of turns a corner yeah. to being like really delightful yeah. and and there is a smart element to it I think yeah and so it's not like total tomfoolery although I mean a lot of this is particularly because it's so dated watching it it's like such a snapshot in time I think there's a charm also in the fact that it lacks any sort of like pretension yes. and it seems to yes. possess this sort of it's like self awareness mm-hmm. that really you have no choice you could off at it or you could sort of lean into it and have fun with everybody mm-hmm. and it's like I think most people sort of opt to just sort of like lean into it and have yeah, fun yeah why not lean in pretension is so it's just like a boner killer yeah I it's also like kind of boring it's so boring and it doesn't allow you to enjoy things that you could possibly enjoy for sure and I feel like I was like clouded by it for a long time you were um <laughs> you fucking dick 
<laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm just oh, support no. you. And you're, I thought we were having a moment where no, you get to sort of no. share your... Um, and, and it's nice that you're not pretentious at all either. But um, anyway, <laughs> so let's get into it, let's, shall we? Let's get into it. Should we start talking about it? Yeah, I think we should. You, okay. you go ahead and let me know what you, what you got. What you going to hit me with? Well... I, I have, like, just a couple of general notes. For sure. And I think the first thing I want to talk about is, like, the language. Because <laughs> it's... It's such a huge part of it. It's such a huge part of it. And I feel like I don't understand a lot of it. So I want to ask you... And I think, actually, you answered some of them reading that article. But, okay... The first thing, so I know Polly Shore calls himself a weasel, or the character of Stoney calls himself a weasel, but then he also uses it as a verb, like, oh, um, to wheeze or weasen. What the fuck does that mean, do you think? So, Polly Shore, that was like kind of like his stage persona was the mm-hmm. weasel, like when he did stand up comedy and things. So, mm-hmm. I think the, I, in my mind, uh, the, the weasel is sort of like a full on like embodiment of like that quality that he possesses, that sort of like, uh, you know, that dude vernacular that like that he leans into at times. I think to me, at least the weasel is like sort of like fully allowing that aspect of who Polly is to take center right. stage, like quintessential sort of like California beach bum, mm-hmm. like surfer and that, and who goes I, with the flow. And I would, I would imagine I'm just I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I, I would just imagine that wheezing to sort of be the act of like being of one being fully immersed in like in that given quality. What is it? Juice the wheeze or wheeze the juice? He says several times. Juice the wheeze? It's either juice the wheeze or wheeze the juice. That I'm not sure of. I mean, the act of juicing the wheeze, I don't know what that would really entail. I mean, (laughs) I would imagine juicing the wheeze to be like fully getting as much as you can out of it. Like really like... But then like they do when they're like in the 7-Eleven and they're like... A, like putting the icy machine, their mouth underneath the icy yeah. machine, and they're like, "Juice the wheeze, man, or wheeze the juice." I can't remember which one it is. Um, and I'm like, "This is definitely a verb I that's feel like being it's like, used." I feel like it's I like, don't know in what get way. The, I feel like it's. I feel like it's like get getting everything that you can out of like the moment, like fully like leaning into that aspect of the personality, like fully like leaning into like that lifestyle and like all things that that like encompasses. Okay. So to me, it's sort of like really like go for it. So, okay. In this sentence, I just pulled a quote. Yeah. If you're edged because I'm wheezing all your grindage, just chill. Because if I had the whole Brady Bunch thing happen in my pad, I'd go grind over there. So don't tax my gig so hardcore, Cruster. Yeah, that was when he was talking to the dad. Yeah. And he's basically saying, if you're pissed off because I'm over here, like, eating your food in your space. <laughs> just Mooching chill. off of your time with your family. <laughs> so- just sort of, like, chill because... Oh, dude, like, if it was, like, Shakespearean, it would be, like, if you find yourself... Ugh, guys, yeah. You tried it, though. If you find yourself perplexed or in any way irked by the fact that I'm in your home eating your chum... (laughs) Eating your chum? Libating. Isn't chum a friend? Oh, or, like, food, you know? like Is it? Yeah, it can Mm. be food. Eating your chum, um... Libating with your betrothed and um, conversing with your tots, you know, then fall back, bitch. <laughs> yeah, and that's perfect Shakespeare right for there. sure. And that's... that was in iambic pentameter. It was. It was. And you heard it. You heard if it. If you're perplexed 
by me being in your home, mm. go fuck yourself, you stuffy sob. <laughs> it's very, yeah, it's very like by the book. By the book, yeah. Shakespeare, yeah. Um, but no, it's just him being like, you know, if you're upset by the fact that I'm here, just like, you know, don't forget that, like, you right. know, I've got a shitty, shittier situation at my house, and just like right. be grateful he that says, you like, have this. like, I have a Brady brunch thing. Going yeah. On. So he means like a. But also, he's like, I know that, like, I'm probably like, you know, killing your vibe a little bit. This isn't what you want, but mm-hmm. like. If I had, you know, this happening in my house, then I'd be there, but I don't. So, like, be grateful that you have this great family. Right. For sure. All right. Well, they should... I, if this doesn't exist, and I might be 20 years too late, but... <laughs> or 30 years too late. Polyshore Dictionary. Yeah, I mean... make millions. Yeah. I'm going to Google that right now and see if it exists and see if anybody has my idea. And if not... Then you're going to reach out to then me. Then I'm... Oh. <laughs> Did it pop up? Um, I feel like it like exists as other things. Yeah, I'm like I'm sure there's like I'm sure <laughs> like there's Urban an Dictionary. angel fire. I'm sure there's an angel fire website. <laughs> yes, yeah, someone beat me to the punch. Okay, well I'm willing to believe that. And this brings another point home, which is just a through line throughout the movie: is where the fuck were the parents? There was literally no one ever stopping anybody from doing the- anything at any point. Yeah, the parents were, like, ancillary. And they were, like, Mm -hmm. they popped up on occasion and they sort of took stock at what was going on. But they never, like, they never really put their foot down about anything. Never created a They were always just trying to get through it. I felt like um, the dad spent a lot of time, like, rolling his eyes and, like, sort of being put upon. Mm -hmm. And I guess being at home and seeing the craziness that was ensuing with, like, you know, Link, you know, being dethawed and then becoming like a fixture in the household. Like it was very like I got why they've spent so much time at work. I imagine a scenario with my own parents where I could like get away with manipulating them into thinking they agreed to letting a yeah, foreign a, exchange yeah. student stay stay at my house without their knowledge never would have flown. No. Because, like, the amount... First of all, the amount of paperwork that, like, they would have had to sign. Yeah, there's a lot of questions. Where's he from? Where's he... Well, Estonia, apparently. But also, like, who are his... Like, his parents? Like, what are his parents? Like, there's so many questions that should follow. (laughs) But it's just like, oh, I guess I did. I've been very busy at the office with Sue Ellen. Being right on top of that, so... And, like... Dave, like, guilt trips his family into thinking that they don't listen to him enough, so that's, like, enough for them to be like, oh, we're so sorry, our precious David. Like, of course. Well, it's very, we're not going to be here much anyway, so you guys sort of do your worst. (laughs) Also, one of the things that I thought that made me, like, laugh out loud was, like, when he's in the very beginning, when Dave is, like, digging the pool, and the little sister comes out, and by the way, we see almost We almost don't even need her. She's such a useless character. She's so... Useless. She does nothing to move the story along. No. She's just mean. Yeah. And she, like, comes out and she... she I don't know what she's holding. Like, breakfast or something? Does she, is she encouraging to come eat or something? Oh, yeah. But whatever. It's totally unimportant what she's doing or what she's doing. There, She comes out. She insults Dave. She just is like, you're a loser. She says, there's no way you're going to prom. And then leaves. And it was just, like, so savage for no reason. And I feel like it was, like, to drive home the point that, like, Dave isn't cool. But also, it's 
it's also funny because it's like if we want to like expound upon that fact in terms of like playwriting and we want to make her a popular kid, well right. then that's maybe something. But also she wasn't even in high school though. Also, think. there's nowhere you're going to prom is like such an it's like you can go. You may not be going with who you want to go with, right. but like as a senior at this high school, <laughs> you have every right to attend. Exactly. Like, you don't you may not girl. have a date, but you yeah. can go. And also I don't even think she was in the school. Yeah. So like why are you so tuned in to Dave's lack of popularity? bitch. Also, wasn't it weird in that moment? <laughs> Are we alright? You gonna take a break? Um, Sorry, that cocktail just kicked in. Do you? Um, yeah, I forgot to mention yeah, Jane's drinking. Um, but, and so is Brandon. Yeah, but I mean, I'm having a cocktail. <laughs> Jane's personality is shifting. It's different. Um, but also there's a moment at the table where Polly Shore mentions like marrying the sister. Oh my it's, it's like so, so weird. Creepy. It's like I get that. Like in this story, you're supposed to be like 17. So I guess she looks like she's 12. My actually, my first note in the whole thing is Polly Shore is not high school age. Oh, yeah. <laughs> neither is Brendan Fraser. <laughs> not that. I mean, that's different. That's though, yeah. Because, because he's, he's not supposed to be. Exactly. He's he's literally millions of years old. If we're to yeah, the science. yeah. Great skin though. <laughs> great skin. Well, actually, let's move into yeah. the the thawing. Of yeah, it, of Brendan for yeah. It, first of all, how do they get? How did they get the ice coffin into the garage? Okay, so this is actually okay. <laughs> this is something I've been thinking about. So they're like, so they discover very easily. Yeah. They discover this ice age human being. Like I don't know. I want to say like twelve feet underground. Yeah. Which I feel like if you're building a foundation for a house at some point you'd find. But whatever. This again is not scientifically accurate. No, but it does pose a lot of scientific questions. Exactly. And I know that it probably, I think it probably advanced any sort of research in the Iceman field. Probably, I'd say. In the Iceman field? There's gotta be be somebody out there who's got like a degree in Iceman. (laughs) (laughs) The study of Iceman? Yeah. Uh, yeah, what if Tony's like, yeah, I have my doctorate. And it's like, in what? And he's just like, Iceman. 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 I got an Iceman. I got an Iceman. I got an Iceman. I have Dr. Iceman. <laughs> Let me grab my monocle and my magnifying glass. Anyways. Excuse my mouth breathage. Oh, I'm probably really crusting up your vibe right now. <laughs> Wheezing, ma'am. Wheezing. Sorry about all the sweet grindage. <laughs> Anyways. Grinding on my subway, Sammy. <laughs> Why subway? Why not? Why are you bringing Jared into this? Oh my God, you're such a fucking Fogel follower. <laughs> You're the one with the Angel Fire website dedicated to Jared Fogel, which you refuse to take down. So we're talking about personal stuff now? <laughs> Anyways. We don't condone what he did. We do. By the way, just... <laughs> just so we're clear, we don't condone Jared Fogel. Um... <laughs> okay. I love movie science in general. I know, where it's, it's like so we just need to get from point we need to get from point A to B and we don't really care how we get yeah, there. And, and your questions can go fuck themselves. And don't, it's like it's like also like movies in like the movies in the early and mid nineties where there's like when there's when like we're on like it's like burgeoning like understanding of technology. Mm-hmm. And it's like the things that people are able to do and like any sort of like movie that takes place at like a tech company. Or yeah. Like, it's always like just words being thrown out. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really like 
like gray and it's just like don't ask too many if you pull at that thread this whole thing <laughs> unravels it, it, the whole thing comes it's apart. like and the movie's implausible which it's like a movie about technology where you just see somebody like who always has like a floppy disk in their hand <laughs> but it's like what do you do though and it's like they couldn't tell you <laughs> anyways so they thaw out this yes this caveman they do they do and he jumps out and he is he's alive he's alive he is alive alive after being preserved in ice and i believe this is the same um concepts as cryogenically freezing someone it is it's much like the yeah famously walt disney Disney or um that sports guy from boston terry ted kaczynski oh isn't that no that's the Uh, of course, Jane, of course Jane knows him affectionately. <laughs> She's trying to rewrite history and give him like a spin that like the rest of the world isn't prepared to. Because we won't forget here. He's not going to get away with what he did. Got Jane over here. I'm trying to rip the hoodie off and give him a, a, a bow tie and a tweed sweat. Ted Williams. Ted Williams. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> This is why you guys gotta look out. Because she's got all sorts of agendas. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so, <laughs> that was a really <laughs> bad flub. I can hear my also, dad just like, what are you from saying? Williams to Kaczynski. Like, that's just like... <laughs> I knew it was a famous Ted, okay? Okay. And there are some like... I'm not, look, I only know about Boston sports stuff through, and barely, apparently. through my dad. <laughs> and sometimes the wires get crossed. You don't have to explain yourself. And, That's not what you said. Oh, but you're asking questions. Oh, I don't have to ask any questions. I have all the answers I need. As soon as you said it, I was like, you're that girl. I knew you were. Um, Anyways, so he's alive. He's alive. And I, although I do think it would have been really funny if after he thawed, he just fell off the thing and shattered into a million pieces and that was the end of the movie. Probably a little bit more acky. Yeah, probably a little bit more accurate. Although a shorter movie. But uh, so he's like covered in like red clay. Yeah, a lot of red clay. And like, amount. yeah. And it's like, he's like, surprisingly has no beard. Yeah, surprisingly, he has full mobility. Full mobility. Yeah, that's the thing. He, he is just nimble. nimble. He's nimble. He crouches like he's shitting everywhere. Oh, my God. Yeah, I like, if I lift a weight too quickly, <laughs> I'm out of commission for a month at least. I don't know what would happen to my body if it was frozen, but I certainly wouldn't be able to move. I mean, I can barely move it now. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Do you think that Madonna's hit song, Frozen, was written about... Encino Man? About Link... The Iceman? I actually do, and here's why. She had... I, what song... What time? What year did that come out? Like, 1998, I bet? Yeah, Ray of Light era. Yeah. Like, 1998. Yeah, I think 98 is, like, accurate. And I do feel like she had six years to kind of think about him. And, like... <clears throat> did you say a boot? No, I'm not oh. Canadian. I was going to have to remind you. <laughs> did I say a boot? I don't know. So about him. You're frozen. You just wanted to sing when it. Your heart's not open. We started so well. They were like, Madonna, they were like, you master. We all know about your whistle register. <laughs> but a lot of people haven't heard, haven't heard the other side of the yeah. coin. And we know you've got those low Tony Braxton notes. So just give it to the kids. <laughs> They're absolutely begging for it. The vocal Bible. <laughs> 
That is. That is. So Brandon knows that he can say the term vocal Bible to me. And like, I can't remember where someone called someone the vocal Bible. You can get in trouble. They called, <laughs> they called Brandy the vocal Bible. Okay. That's like what well, Brandy's known as the yes. vocal Bible. And that's R&B singer. Yes. She's got an incredible She's voice. She's incredible, incredible range. But I do like to now use the term for anyone and everyone. For anyone. Although I know all Madonna's fans, the Mad, the Mad Hatters. <laughs> is that what they're called? Yeah. I love Madonna. I love Madonna too. All right, but I just know that like the range isn't necessarily the same as like let's say R and B sensation Brandy. Oh, I don't agree. Mad Hatter's get her. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, yeah. So he melts. He's got hair. His hair is covered in like a red clay. It's like matted to his. Uh, yeah, head. it almost it's looked like, like cornrows or dreads. Yeah, it, it got very close to appropriative. But Which checks out for fucking nineteen ninety two. Like, dude, like the insensitivity. Um, well, also the thing is, is like he had no facial hair, and I'll tell you what, they focused in on those hands and those feet, and those nails were perfectly trimmed, and I was. Like, if this is real, you would be tap, tap, tapping on those kitchen tile floors like you had Kardashian nails on your toes. Yeah, you'd be covered in hair, but of (laughs) course, like... Also, where did all, like, your... Like, how do you go to the bathroom? Exactly. Yeah, are right. Oh, that was my first thought was, like, I I wrote down (laughs) in my notes. Oh, God, I want to see. Like, are you just, like, full of, like, piss and shit? I, yeah, I wrote down about the, yeah, I wrote down would you have a poop, would you have to poop a prehistoric dump? Like, meaning, like, um, <laughs> like would you literally just have to dump out all the toys and berries that you had eaten before Pangea? Basically. and um, Before Pangea became separate spots. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I I did wonder about the poop as well. I imagined it was yeah. probably a really oh greasy one. How could you <laughs> shout out to greasy um, that word by Polly Shore. But also how would you how would you get that poop out of your body? It'd be painful. <laughs> you well, ha- you'd be hankering down. <laughs> it would be like giving birth. <laughs> yeah. It would be really rough. You'd really want a clear house for something like that. Okay. Our producer brought up an actually really good point which um it does bring no he didn't text you he only texted me um <laughs> okay he brought up a good point that the earthquake at the beginning remember how we open on an earthquake happening in Encino and yeah, I tried to absolutely he said the earthquake could have caused the ice block to be pushed closer up into the earth because he was digging the pool it would have that, that and that would have been great if like we'd had the character Dave say oh my god how this happened do you think that the earthquake and me digging the pool at the same time caused the ice block to be pushed up through the crust of the earth that and that would have solved a lot of problems and, then, and answered a lot of and questions. And Polly Shore would have been like, you're, yeah, you're, buddy. He would have been like, you're really, you're, what would he say? You're really crushing on my, like, you're, what? You're really greasing on my crusty. <laughs> you're really, <laughs> you're really crushing on my tokage. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard him say tokage. I, I neither, I didn't know how to end it, so. <laughs> so. But also, I this is unrelated, but I do think, so you know how he calls him like linkage, yeah. and I thought we should start calling our producer and your husband Davidge. Davidge. That'd be great. That's almost think- like Miscavige. <gasps> oh my God, we can ask him where Shelly is all the time. Because not- where the hell is Shelly? Oh, are you worried? Are you worried? <laughs> 
I'm not worried. I will ask the question to the Scientology community. Where the fuck is selling? No, go ahead, flex. <laughs> go ahead, do it. All of you know, you know, big Scientology. This is all Jane coming for you. Brandon is silent, but I will not be silenced. I want to know where the fuck Shelly Miscavige is. I watch it. I watch the documentaries, and I have questions. You mean like the ones on A and A that everybody else is saying? <laughs> you have like access. You said like you had some sort of like secret access. You mean the very popular television show? Well, and also the HBO documentary again, a very popular. I don't have the protection of like Leah Remini's like makeup team to like <laughs> hide behind. Okay, so anyway. Um, so, yeah, so he, he is, he's, it, it turned into hijinks very quickly, obviously, like, he is a running, also, one thing that I did think was, like, even though there are moments where, like, the character soon to, the Iceman, soon to be known as Link, is, like, sort of shocked or taking in, like, the world around him, mm-hmm. there are definitely, like, there are a lot of things that happen that I think, like, I would have a heart attack, like, what do you mean? Like, like, oh, like, like when he like like when he goes out in the street and the huge ass garbage truck. Yeah, is like, of course. It's, it's like I feel like he processes things very quickly and like one hundred percent. He like that's that's one of my notes too. Is that like he like when they start doing the makeover, he immediately just becomes like a docile person who's allowing anything to happen to him. Yeah, and in a way that like he can't communicate with them, yeah. and he's just like this is fine. Yeah, and also because I'm not gonna give Tim Allen a shout out, I'll just say shout out to Patricia Richardson. But there are some moments where you get those home improvement <laughs> from Link, and um, yeah, it's a very it's very interesting those um, those moments where where he like you just get like a grunt from him as he's like what, like tussling with the dog, like fighting over Chow, like eating out of the dog's like food bowl. Oh my god, yeah, he does eat out of the. Oh, this is another thing too. The parents are totally fine with him just trashing the fucking house. He like. When they first find out, after they do the makeover, the parents come home and they're like, oh, this is our exchange student from Estonia. The kitchen is a goddamn disaster. Well, there's also red clay from like just his body all, all over, over everything. House. And then all over the house. everything's been pulled out. He went upstairs for some reason in hot ass California. He felt the need to try and start a fire. Yeah. Inexplicably. <laughs> I know. It's like, I get that. Like, that's probably Maybe he like, was, like preparing to like roast some meat, but you don't have any meat. You don't have any meat to roast, though. Right. Probably going to go after that dog, I bet. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, but he's You're just sick. But he also just got that. He's got that twig and he's just like, you know. Know, really trying I'm to like using it to try to make a fire. I don't yeah. know what that's what the technical term is called. Will you rub two sticks together to make a fire? I think it's zhuzhing. Is it not zhuzhing? I think so. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so, so we clearly are not Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts. Jane's always with the we. She's trying to break me into her nonsense. Brandon, you she didn't know what it was. Yeah, called. but you push zhuzh <laughs> and no one should just sit in that. I don't know what it's called either. Stick rubbing. Exactly. Stick rubbing. Stick rubbing, which yeah. sounds filthy. Yeah, it does. It sounds like two boys rubbing sticks. I did write down this phrase, which I don't know what this one means, uh, where, where um, Polly Short says, we hope you don't gnaw on our brakes. Oh, gnaw on our beaks. I hope we don't gnaw on our beaks, which just means eat our faces. Eat our noses. Yeah, right? maybe, but maybe beaks. Maybe it's like a, you know, like a euphemism for like the entire face. We hope you don't, you know, rip our faces off. Right. It's probably something like that. Exactly. Um, which I guess is a fair question to say to like a kid. Yeah, I would say please don't eat me. Yeah. Yeah. I think so, that's legit. But I, I did want to know like why the parents were like, 
well, okay, the parents had no reaction to any of this, whatever. We've covered that. But the thing that was like, why was the kitchen an absolute disaster? Well, because Link had come into the house and he just like run amok. Oh, he like he, he did destroyed that. it. He destroyed oh, the house. Okay. He he got inside of the house. He somehow like figured out how to open that sliding glass door. Yep. He got inside of the he house, ripped everything apart. And then when they get home from school, before the parents do, they sort of run right upstairs and they come down and like the house is a disaster and like. Dave sort of like when his parents walk through the door, Dave is just like, oh, yeah, like I was trying to make dinner for everybody. But it's like, there's no excuse. You this know, house my, is a disaster. my father would be so mad. He would literally not leave me alone about it for like a full week. Yeah. Also, where's all this mud that's Wait, all over the house come from? Dave? Yeah. Like, this prehistoric mud. Yeah. I mean, my father was such a. It continues to be such a clean freak that, like, literally, I would be eating like a plate, of, like a snack in front of the TV, like watching something, and he would like hear me place the plate down on the fucking coffee table. And he'd be like, "You gonna bring that to the kitchen?" Like that's how my house was run. Do you? So think, I can't imagine. Do you think that Link had like taken a dump in like the living room in the corner next to like the built-ins? To have, he had to have taken a shit in that house in the improper place. And like the you know beautifully appointed like probably I'm assuming where like where did it come from like Crate and Barrel? <laughs> sure. Like a Crate and Barrel fantasy circa '92. Yeah, absolutely. Also, another thing I want to bring up: the his fucking teeth. Like at first, his teeth. Yeah, they, like, has, they like put like some chew polish on his teeth or yeah. whatever, and then it was like they just like brush his teeth with an electric toothbrush, and all of a sudden he has perfect teeth. Yeah, and it's like this caveman would have had that shit rotted out of his skull. No, yeah, they would. Like, been, there's no way they were perfectly pristine and preserved, probably by whatever like mush he had in his mouth before. I'm assuming. I know. <laughs> yeah, no trip to the dentist was necessary. No. Because he didn't, he couldn't have had even teeth to work on no. at that point. No, it's been gnawing on rocks for years. And I do, I do want to point out they do. We mentioned the makeover scene, yeah, and they do give him a great makeover. And I think it's so funny. We always choose movies with makeovers. We do love, we love our makeover montages. I love a makeover montage, and yeah. this delivers. This is a good one. And we end up with Link in like 1992 full like stony garb kind yeah, of. Yeah, it's right. But he's got his own style. I, I will say every outfit in this movie I would fucking wear. He's got great style. Also, mm-hmm. those pants are like they're he's wearing like those um they're red, yellow, and green. They're yeah, like the plaid. The plaid. Yeah. Shorts that Link wears. And do you mm-hmm. notice that Dave wears the vest? Dave has the vest on. <gasps> no. So in the scene where he gets the where he um takes off in the driver's ed car, Link does. Yeah. Dave's wearing the vest at the same time when they take when they have to go take their mug shots. They're literally wearing like the matchy bottom and top I did situation. Not, I did not catch that. Yeah. I was like, all right. All see right. You, costume designer. Somebody, <laughs> wink, wink. somebody went to the thrift store, got the <laughs> shorts and the pants, and then was like, You wear these and these. I'm gonna tell a I'm gonna tell a color story. I love that. It's great. I do love the like duster that um Link Quintessential, wears. like quintessential, quintessential late eighties, early nineties, yes, like popped collar, flowy, camel yeah, yeah, yeah. colored. I Absolutely. loved it. I was like, I want six of those. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's how I know, like, the 90s are, like, in full swing. Yeah. Yeah, it's all back. It's all back. And I, like, you, you know, you always think, like, I would never again. Like, when you're, like, a decade away from it. But then it comes back and you're like, this is all of a sudden cute again. And I'm on board. I feel like I've been thinking that when seeing people, like, only on, like, the red carpet and stuff. But seeing people sort of start to, like 
this is you're gonna be like that's an understatement but starting to dapple in like 70s style like i'm seeing, oh that's happening i'm yeah. seeing like people everywhere. starting to wear like men in bell bottoms like, yes and stuff, and well this is the thing i like Polly shore's bell bottoms like revived that oh movie. for sure no and like and the and that the thing too is that the 90s well you think about the different eras you mm-hmm. think about how like in the 80s there was this sort of call back to the 50s mm-hmm. and then you think about how like in the 90s there was this sort of call back to Ooh, the, the 70s, 70s like and the 60s yeah and too. the 60s but it's like that sort of like the way that the cyclical nature of so true. fashion yeah there's so many things that you think oh my god that's ridiculous but now you think like god like if, you know if so if somebody had held held on to that item how great would it be oh to like god. you know totally. get to look through you know all of those like the vintage stuff that people are paying thousands of dollars for now you know it's crazy it's crazy um i will note since we're talking about fashion and style and whatever i feel like Polly shore has like kind of like a sexually fluid vibe for sure and i was like that like i feel like he's like he was like ahead of his game in that and i do i don't know how he identifies in terms of his sexuality Mm -hmm. or whatever but like I loved how, like, in the beginning when he was talking about Robin's new boyfriend mm-hmm. and he was, like, being very complimentary about mm-hmm. the way that he looked, even though that character is an asshole. But, mm-hmm. like, it was just, like, this is nice. Like, this is a man talking about how good-looking another man is without, like, any sort of, like, there's no retribution or weirdness about it. He's just, like, talking about it. And, and it's like, not the setup for a joke for his friend. Exactly. Like, you know, I know you're good. Yeah, exactly. I agree. And so I feel like he brings, like, like a, a, a like ahead of its time like that sexual fluidity that like is like not a bad thing I mean I will honestly I will say that I think that a lot of aspects of his character were that way I think that mm-hmm. like you know there were several times where he obviously was sort of like for lack of a better word the link between like mm-hmm. Dave and Link's characters totally. like he brought he, there was like a, a sort of like a looking inward mm-hmm. like a, also known as introspective there was an introspective quality and there was like this sort of like um he just had this sort of gentle nature mm-hmm. and you're right he like a lot of times that person or that character will be um the butt of the joke or that is an aspect of their personality that will um in some way like elicit like a negative response and in yeah. this case it was just allowed to be and to exist and you to sort of like decide how you feel about it but he, but there was like a sensitivity to him and like mm-hmm. which i mean is you know it makes total sense because in a lot of ways you know like we read earlier that the mentioning of woodstock like that sort of like 70s like free love flower child quality totally. you know let's choose peace mm-hmm. like it was very much that which is actually really interesting sort of like i guess sort of butting up against like uh the grunge and a little bit of like the angst yeah. that you're gonna find totally. in a, like in the 80s and also in the 90s largely like but this is like 92 too that's like yeah oh for Nirvana sure and Pearl for Day, sure and kind of like angry yeah and, and him with like you know like the scarf headband on and mm-hmm. like these like really great like fishnet shirts oh, and I love striped bell bottoms yeah the purple striped bell bottoms and the purpley like fishnet shirt I was like I would like wear that and I also a moment also they make it a point to mention several times that they're not cool but it's so funny because I feel like Polly Shore would have been like the coolest guy at my school. That's literally a note in here. It was like, I do not buy that Polly Shore is a loser. I buy that Sean Astin yeah. is a loser. Yeah, I 
loser yeah. because he was unlikable and he was so not Sean Astin obviously the, Dave, character, the character Dave we love Sean Astin we love Sean Astin he played the role he was given he did the fucking work yeah and he did it well yeah because I didn't like him but I think that yeah he did he had this sort of like androgynous sort of um like non-binary quality mm-hmm. to him that yeah it's very like it's very cool to see it and that's something that's aged really well yeah definitely and I think you know it's interesting you bring that up because I like I, I, whenever I I forget to put that together that this is slightly before my time and so I do remember those movies like Ghost World and and Romy Michelle and all those where those were movies when I was in high school and it was like it's it celebrated being the sort of even like on a, the fringes even like an American Pie yeah you characters like Natasha Leone who was like totally the, the smartest person, character in the that coolest, movie. the smartest person in the movie, even mm-hmm. even like the craft, like yeah. Which- Give a shout out to Robin Tunney. I know. I Well, that, yeah, I have a note. It's like Robin Tunney. I love her so much. The craft and Empire Records. For sure. Yeah. No, she was very much in the, in the, mix. she was in the Encino Man mix and she was into the Encino Man. Yeah. Or Link as well. Although it's also really funny in this movie because there's like the moment towards the end where we find out, you know, he's in love with, um, he's in love with, my God, I can't believe. God, Dave is in love with Robin Sweeney. Okay, yeah. Dave's in love with Robin Sweeney, and there's a a moment where she is sort of letting Dave know, you know, that she wants to go to the dance with Link the Caveman. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was thinking, isn't that... Her best friend seemed to have designs on him and there wasn't a moment where the two of them had it out or mm-hmm. like you know she shared that she wanted him and then her best friend was like it's you know it, you know I, I should you know I should be surprised to hear my best friend said that she's going after my guy but I guess with fucking best friends like you who needs enemies yeah with best friends like you needs enemies or with best friends like I don't know yeah, best friends like you and his enemies. <laughs> well, that's the funny thing. That's like I was again, gonna say with best friends like you, surprises just go out the window. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's a lot, and this is a, uh, again a typical eighties nineties thing where there's not a lot of focus put on female characters having like real journeys. No, <laughs> they're just there to like move either and be if they like do, a it's... piece of ass or like move the story along further. But like their story. Not important. And if they do have, like, dialogue, then it's not going to be passing the Bechdel test. I'll tell you that. No, it's absolutely not passing passing the Bechdel test. And also, one of the things I noted is that, like, it's so funny to me because, like, these girls... So, at first, it's the Robin Tunney character and then the Robin Sweeney um, character who fall for Link. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny to me because my note is, like, do either of these girls understand that they cannot communicate with him at all? And, like, what about him do they actually like? Also, also I did want to know, because we we brought up fashion and stuff, but the other thing that I think should be noted is the fact that Michael DeLuise is, he plays Matt Wilson, who is Robin, the girl that Dave is in love with. That's her mm-hmm. popular boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's um, Dave's bully. He's Dave's bully also. But there's also, like, he also gives me hardcore. I can't, I can't say that this is 
He gives me hardcore Christian from um, from Clueless Vibes, like which makes oh me. We're talking about fashion repeating itself, and I have to also note the fact that we talk about '90s, and we are right. It is there is a lot of like fashion in the '90s that is very '70s and '60s, but also a lot of '50s as well. Totally. Like, but there's a moment when he like somehow staples Dave to like he pins <laughs> Dave to a wall and staples him, and he's just like levitating. Yeah. And it's like you fall. I yeah. mean, it's a staple. Um, but he staples to the wall. Can't hold a man. But he's wearing, like, the full-on, like, he's got the full-on, like... Greaser look? He's got the white t-shirt with, like, the high-waisted pants moment happening Mm -hmm. in the chain. It's just in the slick back hair. hair. It's very that. So, yeah. I mean, mean, somebody could be... Somebody's rocking that look right now, too. It's, like, it's just classic. There's some things that are timeless. A crisp white t-shirt and, like, some high-waisted pants. Um, Yeah, that's just a moment for skinny people. Uh, Yeah, for very, very thin people. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not having that moment. Yeah, no, me neither, sweetie. But yeah. Um, there is also something I want to say about Matt. So Matt is Robin's boyfriend and he's the popular guy and he is this bully. And I just like, I feel like I don't know. And again, maybe this is me just like not growing up in this time, but like, I don't remember bullies like this existing. I remember people being sort of mean to other people for maybe undisclosed reasons that I didn't understand, but I would, I don't think I've ever seen in high school someone being bullied in the same way that like you just like slam someone against a locker because they're a loser. I know there are people probably listening right now who are like, Jane, you idiot. Like, <laughs> I experienced that. This is literally my the life that I live. <laughs> and um, actually, I do feel bad about that. For sure. Maybe people do have that experience. I, I think, just didn't see it. So it's it always seems like heightened to me, but I could be very wrong. I feel like bullies in um Bullies in television and films, um, there is, like, there's this really sort of, like, direct quality to them Mm -hmm. um, that I think I do find myself... It's that part of you when you're watching a movie where you're looking for the logic of the moment and you find yourself thinking, like, where are the teachers? Because they're never Where in. Where are the teachers? The teachers are, well, they're in that they're in that lobby trying to get those their hands on that Dunkin' Donuts that we were talking about earlier, <laughs> and they, now they got to compete with Cheryl. That teachers lounge. Um, so <laughs> that's where they are. But yeah, there's always these moments where there's like acts of like violence that are just like an affront to like what school is supposed to be, yeah. like a safe haven. And it's like people. It's like you know the people having their heads stuck in toilets, which always just like struck me as like so violent. So I was always like, how is this person's not get, like their nose not getting broken? Like yeah. slamming somebody's face in a porch. Did that happen in your school? I, if it did, if people were getting whirlies, then I wasn't there for it. You mean either? But um, yeah, no. Not to say that again. Not, not to say to, that this didn't happen. Didn't happen. I'm just saying bullying like, was it a lot more so overt. Bullying was a lot more subtle. Yeah. I feel like it was mm-hmm. comments being made in passing where a yeah. teacher can't hear you, them yelling things at you, which was enough. Totally. That spreading to me. That spreading rumors me. about you in a really vicious way. Yeah, that like, kind of thing. Like, that. like I didn't. And maybe being confronted like outside of the school right. after hours. There or were something certainly like that. fights at my yeah. school, but they were about something. And yeah, you know? I don't remember people. It wasn't just like, I hate you, so I'm going to stuff you into a locker. Maybe it was. I have but friends I who are that. listening to this who went to school with me and are like, you blind idiot. You missed all that. <laughs> I know. But That's totally there could have been people, you know, really getting the what for that I just didn't catch because yeah. I was too busy, you know, in the theater in the theater building trying to get my hands on some part in Midsummer Night's Dream. That's where, that's where we really were, the fodder for bullies. But, um, yeah, no. I, but there, I feel like it was more... But, like, fights and stuff was more, like, people that were sort of, like, 
on a similar level, like taking each other on. Mm -hmm. I feel like at my school, honestly, maybe I had a really unique experience. I feel like at my school, like, like nerds, quote unquote nerds were not picked on like that. And I feel like if they were somebody, another popular kid would have stepped in and been like, Hey, like leave him alone. Yeah. I don't, I didn't see. And again, this is only my experience and that I will, you know, of course always say that before I say anything, but I mean, like I didn't see like quote unquote nerdy people getting that kind of treatment. Maybe people like would like make, make, a joke about them or something, but like there, I didn't see this like I see people being and grabbed and, yeah. and grabbed, pinned against a wall, and then having their clothes stapled and written "Eat me" on, yeah, their, on no, their forehead. Miss that? Yeah, I didn't see that, but maybe it did happen. I don't know. But yeah, so that's like another moment in the movie that <laughs> I feel like we can agree that that was one of those um, head scratchers. <laughs> but it's like, oh, they really want to establish that he's really popular. Matt Williams is a popular character, mm-hmm. and also like we don't like him. Yeah, and, and we didn't, and we don't, and we never do. No, and then Seems there's like the moment. There's the moment also at the skating rink when he like oh grabs. He like literally put. He puts Dave into. It's well. One thing is that Dave's obsessed with Robin Sweeney. Mm-hmm. Matt, that's an affront to Matt, and he several times says, "Don't." talk to my girl and there's a moment where he puts him in almost like a chokehold he literally has him in like a chokehold yeah he's he's like on the actual like skating rink floor dave's standing right outside he's not wearing skates and he dave's not wearing skates Mm -hmm. and he comes up on skates and he reaches over like that sort of like um barrier that separates people um and he this is all you know you guys know how much i know about sports based on (laughs) um the way i try and get around not knowing words um and he grabs him and he puts him in like a chokehold and, and and he and he just pulls him onto the actual ice rink floor and then throws him around mm-hmm. and it's just like what and then Link's there and then he ends up punching Link in the face as well the Matt character mm-hmm. and then when they get to the car Dave's like why didn't you do anything <laughs> and it's like he's three thousand years old sir three thousand he's like millions yeah of years he old. is an old old he's man millions respect and millions your of years old. elders and also like he doesn't know what the fuck is going on. He doesn't know. He doesn't know what's happening. He doesn't speak English. No, and he just he So he's unaware of your history. Well with also this bully. He, also Link was just like playing like a uh, uh, like a Lady Pac-Man video game in the corner. Oh. Which I'm sure has his mind blown. He's probably starting to put those pieces <laughs> together. He's like a video game what? I can't even imagine what this might be. But also that's a fallacy because he does see Dave getting fucked with and then he runs over to try to help, but like the ice. Well he's got a limited skill set as well. Exactly. A limited skill set, a limited understanding. He does what he can do. And Dave, you're a fucking asshole because all you're trying to do is use the link to get popular and to get Robin to like you. And I do want to bring up the absolute weirdest fucking line in this movie. Give it up. It happens at the skate park or the skating rink, also known as Blades, which is the popular hangout. Was it spelled with a Z? I don't know. I didn't catch Missed that. Missed opportunity if not. I but know. Yeah. I think it was with just an S, which seems like a mistake. But it's where the popular kids hang out. Mm-hmm, of course. And the um, and Link gets invited there by the Robbie T- Robin Tunney character. I can't remember her character's name, but she's very into him. And so he invites, she invites Link, and then Ella, Ella, would, gun to my head, I never would have known that. Not. And so 
um, Stoney and Dave sort of tag along because mm-hmm. they're like, this is the cool spot. We're coming with you. And this is our moment. This is stage. our moment to be popular, to be at a place where people do not want us. Even though it's like the jig is up. We're, we're like a month outside of graduation. Know, you are like, where you are. It's been, nobody does a star turn. The closest you can get to a star turn is coming back senior year after like something huge happening in your life over Absolutely. the summer. Like you all of a sudden had a windfall of money. Yes. You know, or you got super, I guess, like yoked or over you, the summer at the gym and or you got you booked varsity. a part in a movie yeah. with like Jennifer Anderson. Exactly. Like that kind of thing would have been well, that wouldn't mean anything back then. Because well, she yeah. was on the hills of like I'm Leprechaun. Not, I'm just talking about so it's now. like, ooh, you booked a part in a movie with a girl <laughs> from Leprechaun. You booked a part with fucking I don't know, um, who's popular now? 1992, Salma Hayek. You booked a no. (laughs) You booked a part in a movie with um, (laughs) Diane Keaton. She's my go-to. No, it's just your go-to. I love that. That's what you think (laughs) of when you think of like peak popularity. Is like (laughs) no, I just know she's been popular. Ooh, Diane Keaton. No, I just couldn't think of any. You got a part in Annie Hall three. You booked a part in um, a movie with Sasha Mitchell. Who's Sasha Mitchell? He played Cody Lambert on Step by Step. Oh my god, you love and he, referencing And he him. was peak popular during this time he period. Was. This would have been a really big moment. He only did like TV movies really at this point. Yeah, but. I wouldn't say that that what, would be that. Yo, movie. bro, you got a part in you got a part in a movie with Leah Thompson? <laughs> that would have been a movie. Alright, alright, alright. Michael J. Fox. Yeah, you got a part in a movie with Alex P. King? <laughs> bro! <laughs> Who's speaking like this? Yeah. Also, don't try to yo bro me. That's Sean's. Oh God! Shout out to our friend Sean. Okay, we do we do we do we do our due diligence. Do we Sean? do it? Can Are you we pay? Done now? Can you pay us? Ugh. Anyway, so yeah. So we're at Blades, the ice hockey rink, and for some fucking reason. Dave walks up behind Robin, holds an old photograph in front of her face, and says, Robin, don't forget, we've been naked together. And it's a picture of two of them in the tub. And he thinks this is supposed to be cute. Yeah, they're also like four years old. Yeah. They're younger. Yeah. Younger, too. Yeah, they're yeah, they're little kids, and I guess this is his way of sort of reminding her, like, don't forget where you came from. Yeah, or like we used to be, we used to be naked together, which adds like a layer of weirdness. Yeah, it's weird, and it's like there. This is one of two scenarios: either you always have this photograph with you, which is terrifying, or you brought it for tonight for some reason to make this declaration, which is again terrifying. But also, remember that towards the end of the movie, when her boyfriend, she breaks up with him because he's an a-hole, and there's a moment where he sneaks into Dave's house. And when he sneaks into Dave's house, he knocks down a photo that's sitting on the windowsill, and he climbs in through the window, he knocks over the photo. It's like it's like a like a 8 by 10 photo of Robin in a frame. It's so weird. And it's, yeah, it's just such a weird... And that's also the moment where he sees behind it the Polaroids of Link in his full-on, like, ice coffin. His melting ice. His melting ice coffin. They're like these Polaroid photos that are like, Link, day one. I know, it's like the writing on the Polaroid is like, it's it's written for someone to discover it. Yeah. Put it together. Yeah. Like, there's no subtlety. It's like, this is the caveman that we found that we named Link, and 
gave him a new identity and brought him into school. Like it's like it's basically very it's very that. And it's like <laughs> it's written on there, they want you to know, like, you know, Link, right before you know, he pushed up from the Earth's crust after that earthquake while I was digging in the backyard. Um and yeah, and then the guys are like, Well, bro, we gotta we gotta take these photos. People are gonna believe us. And so they take the photos and hoof it. But yeah, it's a it's like an eight by ten like glamour shot, you know, fresh off of like the Olin Mills assembly line of like Robin <laughs> and it's just like why do you have a photo of a girl that you have a crush on in a frame on your windowsill you I'm hide just, that and you'd I'm be just, ashamed you be sh- I'm concerned for Robin I don't think that Dave's obsession with her is healthy because like you get you get no indication that he actually knows anything about her too it's no like, just like, he knows that he like, grew up with her. her also it should be noted that earlier in the movie um, Stoney says, basically Stoney alludes to the fact that, like, there was some sort of, like, um, shift in, 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 like, it seems like a shift in popularity. Mm-hmm. Because he says, like, you were into her, you're into her now, which, like, but you weren't before. And then Dave sort of alludes to the fact that, like, Robin blossomed in some way. She, and, like, like, got hot. And she got hot and now he's into her. But Stoney makes it seem like there was a period in time where, like, you probably could have endeared yourself to her. But you didn't do it at that time because she wasn't, like, attractive enough for you or popular enough for you. You missed your sort of opportunity with her. Yeah. Like, there was a window in time where it would have been possible. So it's sort of like you haven't always pined after her. You now see, like, probably the fact that she has, you know, I hate blossomed and bloomed because it sounds like the words used by a creep show. Yeah. Um, Well, they would be used by Dave. I'm going to say it. I think Dave is morally bankrupt. Yeah. I mean, also, we can't forget the fact that Dave also, after Robin basically lets Dave know that she wants to go to the dance with Link, he sends Dave, he sends Link off to the country like you do with like an animal that you want to get rid of. Okay. He takes him to the countryside and he basically drops him off on the side this. of the road with a, a couple of like coins and he sort of like figure it out to a, to a caveman who still doesn't understand what the world is and like he gives him like a Jansport backpack and like a Lisa Frank journal and he's just like you know write me about your adventures (laughs) he gives him a handful of fucking quarters and I have through all my notes through all this is like oh Dave is treating Link like an animal yeah this whole time yeah he treats him like an animal and he uses him to his advantage and it's really fucked up and then once he decides that Link is a threat to him sexually not that That, yeah not (laughs) Let me clarify. Yeah, please do. Link is competition between him and his beloved, Robin, which, like, ugh, I can't even, like, handle that. He decides to put him out to pasture. He puts him in the back of the car, drives him somewhere, lets him out, gives him a handful of quarters, and is like, for Radmobile, which is what they call, um... Stoney's scooter is the Radmobile. Yeah. So he's like, oh, this is for your transportation. But, like, if you add this up, you're probably at, like, 16 American dollars. I mean, you might as well call Leon Ryan because he wants him to buy a one-way ticket on a westbound train and see how far he can go. Remember that song? No. Buy a one-way ticket on a westbound train. See how far I can go. I am not. I know like two Leanne rhyme, Leanne rhyme songs, and then everything from Coyote Ugly, and that's it. Oh, anyway, have you seen Coyote Ugly? No. 
Write it down, folks. Um, so... <laughs> Wait, I'm not done. Oh, I'm so sorry. So, he puts them out to pasture. Yeah. And then, thank God, Stoney shows up. Yeah, thank up. goodness, because you, you're kind of wondering, like, you know this isn't the end of him, but, of you're, kind of, but you're wondering, like, what is going to be, like, the way that we put these pieces together. Because the other thing that has to be noted is he says, like, he makes it seem like I'm doing this because, which obviously we all know is bullshit, but I'm doing this because I can't take you on anymore. And really, all you can think is he was pulling out of his driveway with Link in the car. Stoney showed up on his moped, was like, hey, you know, what's going on? He lies to Stoney about what he's doing. Because he knows it's wrong. Because he knows it's wrong. And then he drives him out to like, you know, I don't know, like Napa or wherever. And he he drops him off on the side of the road. I'm pretty sure they're in Southern California. Yeah, of course. And he drops him off. You want to skate over your lack of knowledge in terms, like, geographic. I didn't claim to be a West Coaster, okay? <laughs> you don't know where anything so is. So, he drops him off on the side of the road in San Bernardino, and <laughs> and then Stoney shows up on his moped, and it's like, and then he's like, I don't know, it's just something so sleazy in, about it, that it's just, it's so slimy. It's so it's slimy just like, because Dave is a slimy person. Well, because, but you also, if your issue was, I don't want him in my house anymore, you could have said to Stoney, can he stay with you? Yeah. And Stoney would have probably put him up, you know, but... Well, we don't know what Stoney's living situation But we know Stoney would have figured out something for him. Stoney wouldn't have led him, you know... Out to like Bakersfield, California, you know, you near a Trader Joe's, <laughs> and been like, you know, I figured think, out. I don't know where Bakersfield is. I feel like that is more north, but Encino is like a is like a neighborhood yeah. of Los Angeles. Los Angeles yeah. You don't know this. I know where Los Angeles is. <laughs> and that's in Southern California. Duh. Jane. Napa is in Northern California. Absolutely. Do We're you know agreeance. how long it would take to get from one place to the other? Jane, it would take so long. <laughs> Dilly. Indeed. So, yeah. But, like, thank goodness Stoney shows up. But it's, like, it's such a slime ball move to, like, drop off a caveman in common in common garb on the side of the road with like a handful of nickels and be like make your dreams come true I it's wrote like, I wrote Dave is so unlikable I want the worst for him oh yeah absolutely <laughs> you don't want him to win and then I did write down what Stoney says when he's like because oh, I just loved this line it was so poly Shore and it was like such a good point and it's like when they're arguing in the street because he finally realizes that he's giving Stoney or that he's just like leaving Link out to like fend for himself and he he says you're the one who wheezed off his gig the whole time just because you thought it'd get you somewhere and now the guy gets a little crusty and you're just gonna bag him it's not happening dave i'm sorry that's not how it works with friends man you don't bag your friends just because they get in your way no matter what dude that was good. Wasn't that beautiful? It was stunning. You sounded a little bit like uh, Mira Sorvino as Romy. I'm actually... Michelle. I've never been more complimented in my life. Michelle. Michelle. Let's let's tell them we've been in post-its. I'm the Mary, and you're the Rhoda. I'm the Mary, and you're the Rhoda. Oh, you're the Rhoda. You're the one... Wait, was it? Oh, no. I'm the I'm the Mary. I'm the one who lost my virginity first. <laughs> oh, with your cousin Barry? I wouldn't brag about that. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I wish I remembered one line from that movie. Oh, there's so many good lines. There's so many good lines. But, um... Yeah, no, it's great. It's like, he puts him in his place. He puts him in his place. And that's why I love Stoney. I love Polly Shore. I love that this character exists. Oh, absolutely. And I feel like 
without him, this movie would be, there would be nobody like him. He brings a balance to the film. Yeah. Like, he really does. He brings a balance to the film. And, I mean, I think there's these really great moments with him and Link. Because I think he says early on in the movie, really quickly, Dave is sort of angling to figure out, like, what he can get from Link, how Link, how Link's existence can benefit in some way. And early in the movie, there's a moment which I guess is sort of like telling in a way and foreshadowing what's to come. But mm-hmm. Stoney says to him, you know, I just want to be his friend, you right. know, and he takes, you know, those moments where they have these really great adventures. It's just, I think it's like those, it's the, where it's, it's the meeting of somebody where they are. Yeah. I think that that's the thing. And the, and the fact that Stoney's character, he, he never wants anything from him other than like, you know, to, to other other than friendship and to sort of like show him the world. Um, and also, I think Stoney is interested in sort of seeing the world through his eyes. And I think mm-hmm. that idea of like being able to experience things for the first time through someone else. Mm-hmm. It's that like really great thing when you're like watching a movie or a television show with someone, literally what we build this podcast on. It's like <laughs> when you're watching a television show or something with someone who you, you know, who you really love and whose opinion you really value and you get get to sort of you know that moments are coming and they haven't seen the thing before I'll never forget this one of the moments when Dave and I my Dave when we were watching House of Cards and I'd never seen it before and he'd seen it and oh god this is not a spoiler I mean at this point it's all just I've never seen it but go off you haven't seen House of Cards? No. Okay, and at this I'm, point, you're like, well, I'm not, I'm not angling to watch Kevin Spacey. Exactly, <laughs> but there's this, inc- it's like one of those. You guys all know it's a really incredible moment. I, I want to say it's like the end of season two or the beginning of season three, where like mm-hmm. a main character is killed, mm-hmm. and you do not see it coming. And I remember Dave sitting. We had a sectional, and Dave was sitting across on like diagonal to me on the other sectional. And I remember right before it happened, I turned to him to say something really sort of like quickly about some random thing and he was like no 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 and he like made me watch the movie and then watch the episode and then the moment happens where the person's killed really quickly and I turned and Dave had like this really like devious and pleased look on his face because it was like he got to experience the pure shock of you know and I feel like I I feel like that's sort of the stony thing it's like it's like almost like a child in a way Mm -hmm. like you know and I think that the love is so pure that he has for Link and I think he feels a responsibility as almost like a guardian in a way for him as he sort of navigates the world and I think that Dave sort of like sticking his nose up at all of that is really what sets him off because it's like I see him and I also see you you know for better or for worse and like I know he's not great and I know he's not perfect and it can Mm -hmm. be frustrating but like He's a he's a prehistoric caveman, <laughs> and you know. Well, and I also think like there's that element too where it's like it's always been Stony and Dave, right? And they're the quote unquote losers, which again is hard to believe. But well, it's not hard for me to believe that Dave is a loser, but um, it's hard for me to believe that Stony doesn't have a ton of friends. Mm-hmm. But that is the story that's being told, and so I think there is like an unadulterated joy for Stony to get to spend time with a person like Link who literally only knows how to experience joy and doesn't know how to use things to his advantage in the same way that Dave is probably depressed and always trying to get something or get somewhere a social climb and I think there's an exhaustion on on um, 
Stoney's part, which is why he enjoys spending time with Link. Dave is also very tightly wound. Yes. And I think that it's got to be sort of nice to have, like, this other energy. Mm-hmm. And it's like a breath of fresh air. Totally. And, you know, let's just sort of, like, take in the world as it is. Mm-hmm. And let's not sort of angle or look for ways to make things different than what they are. Um, or maybe there's a time and place for that, but there's also a moment to sort of just embrace, like, the simple pleasures of life. Mm-hmm. And I think that that in and of itself can feel sort of revolutionary yeah. in a way. Um in a world where you're sort of like taught to always want more, more, more mm-hmm. to have like a person that you can sort of just sit and like be with. Yeah. And like, there's not any sort of like, um, there's not any, any sort of, uh, fine print. It's just sort you're of, it enjoying, is what it is. You're enjoying the present. And I think that Which that, is Stoney's like vibe is like, he is the present and like maybe looking towards the future. Whereas, um, I don't think Dave is something big. But also, Stoney's not unhappy with his lot in life. No, and he's Dave not. is. Dave is that's like a big, miserable. That's a big part of it, I think, too, is like a person who is okay with what they have and like, you know, and can find sort of like the joy in that and a person who sort of is always looking to, you know, yeah, it's hard greener to, pastures. It's hard to understand why they're friends, but I also think that, like, it might be the kind of thing where they've known each other for so long, and even if there is the sense that they've maybe grown apart, they still are finishing, you know, their high school career together. But we've also all had those friends, though, where we're totally. polar opposites in so many ways, and on paper it doesn't make sense. Yes. But, like, it creates this sort of balance, you mm-hmm. know, and you're drawn towards that aspect of them, that part of them that they have that you in a, in a way you you can celebrate it in them and you can also sort of wish that you possessed it yeah um but it's i guess that. it's just hard for me to understand what stoney sees in dave i can yeah. see what dave sees in stoney but i don't understand why stoney would want to be maybe he's endeared to that sort of like you know uh, tightly wound you know aspect of it also dave seems to provide him with all of his food mm-hmm. so i'm sure dave's family seems to provide him with <laughs> with all of his um <laughs> With all of his food. There was a moment earlier where Dave's dad, we were talking about him eating at their house, and Dave's dad says, Stanley, I assume you'll be joining us. And then Stoney says, you assume correctly, Mr. M. <laughs> and um, I think that pretty much sums it up. I do have a question that mm-hmm. I think is unanswered. How the fuck did Link end up in driver's ed class? Yeah. I like how I thought that to myself. I was thinking like, why did you, how did you guys let this slip through the cracks? Because they're in class and they're all of a sudden like, oh no, it's like, what point was there some sort of switcheroo made in his in his syllabus or not in his, his syllabus, schedule. but in his schedule that like this occurred. And also noted by Dave and I both, my Dave, we are watching the movie. There's a moment, Robin um, Sweeney, she's in the class. It's supposed to be her and Link going on this drive with an instructor driver's ad link sits link moves into the the driver's seat when the um, instructor isn't looking and takes off and then there's this crazy little driving there's a crazy scene that ensues dave sees him from the class that he's in from his view he can see him he books it he runs out right as the car is about to accelerate out and links in the driver's seat he leaps in to the window the window um, in the the back seat behind the driver's seat, and then Dave noted to me as we were watching this. Dave said, do, "Dave rewinded the movie because I was taking a note, and he said, look at the look at his stunt double, and his stunt double was a whole ass different person. <laughs> I didn't it was so it. funny. It was oh a different. It was a, a grown man with a completely different face and build. We need to like slow that down and put it on social on our Instagram. We should. So people, can it see was it. amazing. And then there's a moment where, and then there's a moment like." 
a couple of shots later where uh, Link is driving the car, and once again, it's a completely different man. It looks like John Goodman, just like driving the car. It's like they were just like, we just need the shot. And this is close enough. Can also, we fix it in post? No. No. Again, we will not. No, we won't. We shan't. We hope that the wool will be safely pulled over the watcher's eyes. Yeah, we're just going to hope that everybody's just going to sort of lean into, you know, the full-on mania. Um. So then after they have this, like, driver's ed class that goes wrong, they then, like, <laughs> they just, like, pull the car over. They're like and East L.A. somewhere? I don't know where the fuck they are. Maybe it's East LA, but whatever they do, they walk into a bar. That's just what yeah. they do. They walk into the bar and I guess Link like starts dancing. Yeah. How did they get into this bar? They're all supposed to be like 17. Well, it's clearly like it's one of those bars where you're not getting carted at the door. Yeah, but... Didn't you kind of expect Tone Luke to show up though? A little bit, yeah. Didn't you gonna, I mean, didn't you kind of want Tone Luke, Tone Luke to show up? Yeah. I needed something to happen there. I would have loved if they had gotten the rights to Funky Cole Medina and we just did the damn thing. <laughs> It would have been perfect. Yeah. But it was so weird. They were in this, they were in this bar. There was like, he was talking to like these like four like Latinx men and like they couldn't have been more stereotypical than like. For sure. Yeah. I mean, and this is like truly the only time anybody of color is in this movie. Yeah, for sure. And the dialogue is insane. Yes. Clearly written by a white person who's never met anybody but another white person. And they're having this conversation and like whatever they're talking about a bunch of shit and then this guy like refers to his girlfriend right yeah. <laughs> do you know what part I'm talking yeah of course about? I do okay and he's like see that girl over there don't look don't look don't look and he's like see that girl that's my girl and if I see anybody messing with her I'll kill them and this woman she's sprawled out on the bar she's sitting she's most people are sitting down at the bar and having a drink. She's sitting on top of the bar, her legs spread out. <laughs> She's doing nothing but like undulating. <laughs> trying to be sexy it is the weirdest she's not having a drink she's not talking to anybody she's literally just sitting on the bar like <laughs> undulating back and forth and like looking at her her man I guess no she's sitting on it's like her entire body is sitting on the bar she's sitting on the body her legs yes. are also splayed out across the top of the bar as well and yeah it is just like it's really sort of like all over the place but like She's having her full on like she's having her full on like fantasy moment. There. Like she's like in heat. Like <laughs> she then, really is. She's just like she's writhing <laughs> and like panting. <laughs> and he's like, you see that woman? It's also like you need to be tending to her. Yeah. Like, it like, seems like what is this like kink that you're yeah. doing? Like this game that you're playing yeah. where you tell other people that you're gonna kill them if they talk to if her. If they look at your And she's girlfriend. literally sitting on the bar, like Vibrating, trying to get people's attention. It it's like, so um, would it be would it be PCS if it's like cuck light? <laughs> oh, maybe yes. I think sure. Yeah, it's yeah. like you're like you're into people like observing her and seeing her and wanting her, uh -huh. but that's where that's where the lines. But then maybe part of the king too is like he likes to beat people up for looking. But at it also is funny because it'd be one thing if he if like he was looking at her and ogling her, and then you came up and were like, hey. 
I see, you know, you look at that hottie over there, she's off limits. But he wasn't even looking at her. No, he, he was, was like, like getting he drunk was like, with his friends. Yeah, he was like getting drunk and you walk up to him and you're like, hey, you see that girl over there on the bar vibrating back and forth in her dress, writhing around and wriggling? That's mine. Don't look at her. Even though I told you to look at it. I mean, it was one of the v- most glaring instances of using a woman as decoration in a movie that oh, I've yeah. ever seen. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> um, so anyways, I guess Link starts to talk to her or something. Well, he hasn't talked to her. Because no, because he can't, do, he can't do that. I did write down, I was like, this must be like kind of a dream role for No lines, boo Nothing We've got no lines. we got no lines for Link. we got Polly short improving most of his and then we've got Sean Astin I guess like By probably book. doing the character work to prepare him for Rudy next year and based <laughs> I, on a true story I never saw Rudy but I I um I did I did appreciate like the I, well I don't know because this was Brendan Fraser's like first big yeah, movie it was. and that must have like taken some of the pressure off not to have to memorize a bunch of lines yeah that you're just gonna be like hopping around all day exactly yeah. and like eating cookie crisp out of a dog bowl yeah yeah I mean <laughs> hey some people do it when there's no cameras rolling so exactly. it's gonna be really nice to get a check he did have to like eat a bunch of really gross stuff in this movie like he just had to like go to town on it you know like what, what? well I just felt like the way that he ate was super gross and he was like had to eat dog food. You like drink a bowl of salsa at one point. Like, it's not gross though. It's just like Well, it's not something that I'm looking to do. I mean, if somebody wants to pay me like a hundred K to like <laughs> eat, like eat some rotel and spit it back up. And he had to like eat an eggshell and like No. <laughs> He's fine. This isn't like, I'm not this isn't that like this jackass. <laughs> I know. I know this isn't like fear factor, but like I'm just saying that might have been like unpleasant having to do like a few takes of like drinking a whole bowl of fucking salsa. Welcome to Hollywood. <laughs> you know? Excuse me if I empathize with these wealthy actors. Yeah. Excuse. <laughs> Not again though. No, it's a great moment. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so he like so he like start, like gets this lady to like come home with him or some or like leave with him or dance with him and then the guy like confronts him in Spanish and he's like I told you if I saw you with my woman I'd kill you and then he repeats a line that he learned in his Spanish class which translates to the cheese is old and moldy and then the the man who had said I'm gonna kill you if you talk to my girlfriend he's like you know what you're right she is like yesterday's news or something so he's like talking so he thinks that Link is referring to his sexy this like beautiful girlfriend. she's like dropped in gorgeous <laughs> she's like stunning as old and putrid cheese and he's like you know what I feel you go, yeah. go off and another man doesn't want her Never mind. Never man. mind. I'm good. I'm good, too. There goes my boner. So there's a couple things happening here where that's like a horrible scenario. Yeah, and like And a horrible thing to say about a woman just in general. But, you know, I'm not expecting a lot from this movie in terms of like, you know, um, I guess... Uh, forwarding the women's rights you should expect a lot though Jane you should (laughs) well I do and that's why I'm calling it out but also the fact of the fact that Link is somehow he barely speaks English but he's somehow able to differentiate the the, the difference between Spanish and well, English he's, yeah, he's and bilingual. say something 
talking back to him in Spanish yeah. is so implausible to me because yeah. he literally doesn't know words yeah. at all. Uh, absolutely. So that felt like a bit of a, you know, one of those moments where it was like, you know more than you should. He has a couple of parent moments, though, where like Polly, Polly, well, Stoney will say something and then he'll repeat it right back to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but you are correct. Absolutely. Let's add it to the list of implausibility <laughs> that is occurring on our screens because there's a lot of it. But you are right. Once again, we're like, oh, we're bilingual now. Okay. Yeah. Go off. Somehow. Somehow. Um, and then, of course, we get to the prom and all of that. Yeah. Um, well, they get arrested. They get arrested. Once again, you'd think maybe this would sort of shake things up for our Estonian foreign exchange student. Being <laughs> that he has no documents and can't speak. Um, but once again, he is off scot-free in no time. And, and yeah, and, and back, back to back, Encino. Back to Encino in time for in time prom. For prom <laughs> where Robin has decided after this, you know, this day, this little day of hijinks with him in the car following driver's ed that like that's who she wants to go to the dance with, you know, because of the great conversation they had earlier in the movie. <laughs> exactly. Um, How much they connected over their words yeah. and who they are as people. And exactly. And so, Dave, yeah. And that, that actually is what sort of um, preceded Dave, you know, dropping him off on the side of the road and then mm-hmm. in the middle of, I think it was Nevada. No. Um, it was somewhere in, <laughs> like, yeah, somewhere in Vegas. We don't know where the money is. Exactly, yeah. Um, so... Now we're at prom. Matt Williams and his cronies have snuck into Dave's house. They found the Polaroids of Link um, as, you know, a block of ice. And they're like, we're going to take these to prom and we're going to out him at the last thing that's happening at school since school's over at this point and nobody cares. (laughs) Um, And they bring the photos and they're all like, look, guys, he's a caveman. It's like there was never a moment where they stopped to like talk to each other or well the other guy his his backup doesn't have lines um (laughs) it's mostly just grimaces and like (laughs) yeah but there's never a moment they just run into prom hot guns blazing (laughs) guns blazing they got something to say they take over the mic yeah the floor is theirs yeah and all eyes are on them and they basically are attempting to outlink as a caveman um and nobody bites (laughs) spoiler alert no one cares no (laughs) and so it's so funny to me that this is like the thing that like they didn't want to happen throughout the whole movie and then finally it happens and literally there are zero consequences no it's probably that prom prom is probably just full of people like wondering if they're gonna lose their virginity tonight I know you know or lamenting losing it earlier in the semester well they do so he outs them and then they do kind of get into a fight link like scuffle yeah yeah a like scuffle so. and if you thought we were gonna get away from this movie with this movie without our you know first f-bomb and i'm not talking about fuck Oh, that's right. <laughs> I knew at some point the F word would pop up in this movie. Yeah. Because it's a movie. It's a high school high movie school from the early 90s. From the early 90s. So we knew we were going to hear it. And, of course, we heard it uh, just after we heard the racist do they karate know, music. Do they know what the word is, Jane? Do you want to say it? You can. You've said it before to me. <laughs> I would say this is your word to say. Not mine. Uh, why? Because. Ugh, hopefully you guys, let's just say it rhymes with baguette. <laughs> Which in and of itself, that being the reference that I gave you, tells you that I I'm just, a big one. <laughs> I just don't want to be on record as having said it. Of course it. you don't. <laughs> they got it from what I said. No, they got it. You're good. And they got it because only a, only a one of those 
when you use baguette as a reference. <laughs> so we're good to go. I think people are on board. Well, they're not on board. No, Jane, tell us more about what you and Ted Kaczynski have planned for our listeners. Huh? Oh my God. Any more, any more interesting think pieces with points of view regarding the Unabomber that haven't been explored? Why did I think his name was Ted Kaczynski? Oh, God. That is literally one of my worst flubs, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's up there. It's up there. It's pretty good, though. Is it? Is Ted Kaczynski good? <laughs> well, <laughs> I do feel like, Brandon, what you're trying to do is back me into a corner. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 honey. I mean, some people would feel like you Kaczynski the situation. <laughs> And I just wanted to give you the opportunity to, like, have the floor, mama. <laughs> um, and then what they do, which is great, is we have the big dance break. Also, we've, wait, with the, yeah, we have a big dance break at the dance. Mm-hmm. And somehow Link starts it, and yeah. he's got great moves. Great moves. I just, my note from that dance break is, <laughs> being an actor must be so embarrassing. Yeah, absolutely. For many reasons. Especially when you have those checks. Um, when you Just like you have to go back 30 years later and be like, yeah, that this is on camera and I did those dance moves. But also I think about that. Like I was watching a Door State film not too long ago and I was just thinking like, how wonderful must it be to be like the great grandchild of Doris Day and be able to like, like how great Who would that is be? the great grandchild of Doris Day? I don't know. Somebody probably named Judy Day. Oh, I thought you were... I thought it had to... Silly me. I thought it had something to do with this movie, but you... No, I'm talking about life in broader senses, mama. (laughs) Because it's not just limited to this hour and 28 movie for me. I'm I'm saying... You being the baguette that you are would, of course, bring that up. Exactly. She couldn't wait. (laughs) She couldn't fucking wait. My point is that it must be so lovely to be able to, like, put on, like, a, you know, stream, like... You know, the, you know, for like Billy Lord to be able to, since you need a famous grandchild for it to make sense for you, you star fucker. No, I just didn't know where you were going. Billy Lord to be able to put in, you know, unsinkable Molly Brown and watch her grandmother just like radiate off the screen. It must just be such a wonderful little like treat during like a down day, Mm -hmm. you know, to just be able to throw on like, you know, one of those movies and see your grandmother like in all of her glory, just like, you know, in beautiful gowns, like, well, I know, I know my, my cousins, my uncle, my cousin's father recently passed away and he was an actor and he's been in several movies. And I know, I don't think she's been able to do this yet, but one of the things that we talked about after he passed away was the fact that like, she has these films that he's in and she can always access them. And that is such a gift. Yeah. It's really, I mean, it's really an amazing thing. And yeah, no, I agree with you. I think that like these kind these kind of moments, of course, there's like that thing of like, this is so silly and so crazy but like Mm -hmm. it's also like you know really cool though too yeah I think I mean I I joke when I say it's so embarrassing to be an actor because I mean no you're absolutely right at the same time no you do (laughs) well I'm sure during these moments you're just like what am I doing I'm dancing for a paycheck but you you go back and you watch it and it is delightful and there it's hilarious and and you can if you can laugh at that moment I think that's really special for sure yeah no I agree and then from here we go we hit the big party at um 
The pool party. The pool party at Dave's house. Which he's always wanted from the beginning. I think I don't think we mentioned, but from he was building the pool so that he could have a big pool party after prom. I don't think I'm going out on a limb in saying that I think we're throwing the word pool around as loosely <laughs> as we possibly can because it is a glorified mud pit. And there was no plan to mm-hmm. put any sort of actual like Tiling. tile or yeah. tile. That's that's a luxury, mama. <laughs> There's no cement. <laughs> There's no plaster. No, no, no. This is just a hole in the ground with water in it. They used to house a man's body. Yeah, it is. It's dirty, muddy water that you couldn't have paid me all the money in the world. Shout out to Christopher Plummer, who plays Kevin Spacey in that movie. Oh, wow. And um, Michelle Williams, obviously. And Mark Wahlberg, who gave part of his paycheck to her and make things right. You remember all that. Oh, yeah, I remember all that. Um, I go deep with my references. You absolutely um, went there. Uh, so, yeah, it's a mud hole. And everybody's dancing in it and, like, having fun. And it's just like, this is a disaster. And I don't know why his parents would have ever greenlit this. Like, you in the backyard digging a big-ass hole in our backyard and then filling it up with this gross water and it's just it, there's a scene it actually there's a scene in Big Mouth in the last season of Big Mouth where Jay mm-hmm. played by Jason Menzu oh my god yes is building the pool and it's just a muddy hole <laughs> it's in the ground so disgusting. it's the exact same thing it's <laughs> disgusting it's deplorable oh but it's... that's a cartoon <laughs> and and they're supposed to be disgusting yeah no it's a gross moment and everybody's like living their best lives it's like I know at this rich ass Encino High School there's somebody who right now who has a like, better pool I have a gorgeous pool that was made to be so like <laughs> <laughs> and um, then we get the moment where Link sort of goes upstairs and they discover that apparently... Hold on. Before you erase okay. any of this information, okay. okay, Dave, unfortunately, gets the girl. Yeah, inexplicably. Inexplicably. He's done nothing, but, really, no, he's to done redeem nothing. himself to Robin. But, and yet they're kissing by the pool and I can't understand why. I don't want the best for him. But also, you got to think too, like Robin literally called Dave to be like, I want to go to the dance with him. And she knew that Dave of liked course. her. And now she's making out with Dave. So it's sort of like, what's your what's your journey? What's your angle How'd you here? get here? Mm-hmm. Um, very that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then, may I? Yes, please. And then, and then we <laughs> see... You. We see more muddy prints and we put the pieces together very quickly and there's without a lot of fanfare. Um we see Stony and um Sony and Link run upstairs and it's like history repeating itself in the beginning of the movie. We see more of those muddy paws that we saw at the beginning after <laughs> Link was unearthed. And well, not only do you see the muddy paws, but we see muddy breast pits. Muddy breast pits, prints against, pressed against the, the glass. glass window. And Tara and I, first of all, Tara, my very, very gay wife, was like, oh, I loved that as a kid. <laughs> And then we head upstairs and we see we have a cave woman. She's going to cut that out. We have a cave woman who is once again taken to bathing very quickly. Link runs in. She draws her own bath. She draws her own bath. And I'm like, how do you know how to do that? She draws her own bath. Link jumps in the bathtub. They embrace. I think it's supposed to be his love from the It is. At the very beginning of the movie, there's a quick scene where we're in Stone Ages and um, there's a... there's a, Link is there with his partner, you'd assume. This yeah. female partner who then, she's the person who shows up at the end. And they're both, there's a big sort of like um, disruption to the Earth's core. Mm-hmm. And they are both entombed in ice. Mm-hmm. And so I guess her grave was probably 
probably not too far away from his. And so somehow she is. Which also, not- this is not information that we're given. This is just what Brandon is surmised. Yeah, 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 no. <laughs> so it's like he's putting together the pieces that are not there in the movie. No. But I appreciate that. But you're giving it too much. Yeah, the tomb, her tomb must have been somewhere near his and floated to the top when they filled up the mud hole. Which is kind of you. And then she quickly thought on her own and then once again also living, breathing, heart pumping. She was able to <laughs> climb out. Um, she found the tresemme. Um, <laughs> she not only found the tresemme, she took a bath. She comes out of the bath and they show her in this like very 90s outfit. She's wearing cut off shorts and like a bra top and then like a a cut off like flannel thing over it and let me tell you the cut and color this woman has is yeah. like how I know Sony couldn't do it I know yeah. Dave couldn't do it I certainly know Link couldn't do it who gave her this yes. like the Dal Sassoon moment well they're also giving also <laughs> it seems like what's being implied is that this is all happening as a party's going on yes exactly and so it's like happened in like a matter of hours like, and also looks- like is she just like being fully like nude around them and that's fine I don't know there's just some inappropriate there's, there's I, also a moment early in the movie where they go to the museum and there's oh, a yes. moment where they cre- it's a scene that doesn't feel like it belongs in this movie <laughs> where Link they're at the museum there's all of these different exhibits there's a caveman exhibit and that's where they find Link and mm-hmm. Link is doing his ritual of trying to use the sticks to make fire mm-hmm. inside of an exhibit on cavemen and he's in tears and he is sort of like it I seems like he's this. in a manic state and they both approach him and they sort of put their hands on his shoulder and there's a moment where they're sort of trying to like embrace him and calm him and it's like he it's this fear of like sort of I think it's this desire to sort of return to simpler times and like a world that makes sense for him well Dave actually says the line he knows what happened to him (laughs) (laughs) which is so unbelievably (laughs) impossible (laughs) first of all you're trying to like obviously relay to the audience okay we understand why he's having this feeling now because Dave pieced it all together that Link pieced it all together and it's like you can't read all you see is some bones in a fucking museum you see like some of your old friends from maybe back in the day but they're not real how in the world would Link's mind have the capacity to put this all together and how would Dave know that it also feels like a moment from a movie that is a bit more responsible and like it's like it's like a moment where it's like we're gonna have to sort of deal with like like this movie is a statement mm-hmm. on like us forgetting our past mm-hmm. and sort of like the erasure of it and like what happens when you know knowledge is <laughs> lost or bothered in some way like I feel like and, you might be giving it too much no I am but I'm just saying that's, no, like, exactly. that's like that's like the version of the movie that would warrant a scene with him crying and rubbing sticks well, together. Well, it actually is, like, it's, it, and we talk, we, like, mentioned this really quickly in the beginning, but, like, it is actually, like, a really nice moment from Brendan Fraser. Oh, it Fraser. is. Like, he, like, he deals with the weightiness of this moment. He sheds a few very believable-looking tears. It had me feeling sad for him. And I was like, well, you know, in somebody else's hands, this might not be as well-performed. But I thought it was, like, really well-performed by Oh, Brendan it was Fraser. a nice moment. It was a really nice moment, but it absolutely was of no consequence to this movie and did not fit into it. No, it was it was just a moment that came out of nowhere and like really sort of like shifted things in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But yeah, no, it was like, uh, and I don't know if I hope, I mean, the real tears or it could have been old school Hollywood MGM glycerin tears. <laughs> they looked real to me. I think Brendan brought, I think they Brendan brought just, his A game. No, I'm sure he did. But I know in the old days they used to just, um, you know, Otto Priminger would show up on set and just sort of poke his starlets in the eyes with his finger <laughs> just to like, just a starlet. <laughs> like scratch their corneas and yeah. give them a like to get bacteria the moment, infection you know? in their eyes. To get the moment, right. you know. Staff, you know, mm-hmm. in the pursuit of statues. Mm-hmm. It's all a, it's all part of the process. <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, but Janie, I will ask you. Yes. Uh, would you watch this movie again? I absolutely would watch this movie again. Yeah. It was so fun. And like I, you know, we spent a lot of time talking about Polly Shore, and I really like kind of re- like. I don't know. I saw him in a different light after sure. watching this movie for this podcast. Because if I were to watch this movie without doing it for this podcast, I don't think I would have been as thoughtful about it. So it was nice to kind of like reach in and like think about him as, you know, um, being more than what I thought he was. For sure. So, yeah, I really I loved it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm happy that you enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm going to ask you, do you have a movie? <clears throat> that you would like to dole out. What if I said no? Me. Um, <laughs> then I wouldn't be surprised because I know the level of professionalism that you bring to this process. And How dare you? Okay, so one of the really fun things since we have... Um, brought Uh-oh. this podcast to the world so we people are now listening to it so you many oh, you know what it's gonna be I think so you don't okay um and I'm actually so let me so since we have brought this podcast to the people um we've had a lot of people write in with recommendations which has been really really fun because sometimes you're like oh, I don't know and it's nice because you know what people want to hear us talk about so based on all that information and I am actually not a hundred percent sure you have have not seen this movie, but I'm 97% sure. Um, I asked Dave, he's not sure either. So I'm just going to go with it. Okay. And if you have seen it, then I'll have to come up with something else. I do have a backup. Okay. Um, the movie that I'm going to have us sit down and watch next week, which hopefully you is a movie you have missed is the 2001 classic and the first fast and furious. I haven't seen it. Yes! I'm I'm so excited. I've never seen any Fast and Furious movie. Oh, yes. Okay, good. Somehow miss them. I'm (laughs) I'm sure I was watching The Hours and everybody else was piling into Fast and the Furious. Well... I have not, I, to be fair, I have not watched this and I have not watched the first one in years. I watched the ones, the other ones as they came out. I love this movie for what it is. It's not. Okay. Well, no, you tell me, do you have any first impressions? Uh, not a lot. I just, all I can think of is like Vin Diesel mm-hmm. being like, we're family. <laughs> That's all I have. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he's bald. Mm-hmm. Always. Um, historically. Ja Rule's in it. Uh, I don't remember if Ja Rule's in the No, first Ja Rule, one. no, Fast and Furious soundtrack. That's what I'm thinking of. Put it on me, which is a banger. A, 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 absolutely amazing yeah. song. It's, um, no, I don't know a lot about it. I know Ja I know. I don't ja know if don't. he, I can't Vin remember. Diesel, Tyrese, mm-hmm. um, Luda, I think is involved. Ludacris. I don't think until later. Michelle Rodriguez. Yes. Paul walker yes that's all i got and i know there's something to do with cars well of um, course, yeah it's funny. drag racing yeah and um more. yeah and uh, yeah that's all i know i wish honestly 
Well, I don't know. There's a lot of people who really love this franchise. My favorite one from this fan- franchise is um, Fast and Furious um, Tokyo Drift. But we got to start with the first one. Okay. And we'll see, you know. And maybe Fast and the Furious 2 Electric Boogaloo. But <laughs> we'll see if we make it or not. Are you excited? Um, I'm curious. Okay. Yeah, I'm fast and I'm curious. <laughs> you know. Okay. Which is, that was, that was your tinder handle i believe fast and curious yeah 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 um so yeah so i'm gonna watch this great and um i'm so glad i haven't seen it yeah and uh we'll be back yeah thank you everybody for listening um we really appreciate it and we love you and we will see you next week for the fast and the furious i thought you were gonna join me in that no i just want to let you sit in it Uh, all right, bye. Bye. Juice the wheeze or wheeze the juice?